All right, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Late Hit and Happy New Year to everyone. We hope you guys had a safe and happy New Year's Eve and rung in the New Year the right way. I know we did. We watched a lot of football this weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of topics this week. Um, at the end of the episode, we're going to go over our MVP race candidates, the current playoff picture, and then we're going to wrap things up with the final Week 18 matchups and predictions. Now, the first thing we want to talk about tonight is the Cowboys beat the Lions 20-19 to on Saturday night. What are your thoughts, Matt, on the controversial call after the two-point conversion and the end of this game? Um, I to be honest, I'm so tired of hearing about it. It's all you hear about the media. It's Aren't not. All, it's yeah. not anything about how the Cowboys won, beat them, and how they still had time left on the clock and a timeout left, and the most accurate kicker in football. And has you know, I mean, they had what 25 seconds left on the clock and a timeout. Yeah. So say they make the two point conversion and they start to 25. All they got to do is cross the 50 and. Um, Brandon Aubrey has been making them 60 plus 100% all year. So, yeah, the game's not over, anyways. But regardless, um, there was a lot of bad calls that night. Um, it all started with, didn't start with, but one of the biggest calls that's actually bigger than the controversial call was um, Aiden Hutchinson tried to trip a, uh, Tony Pollard as he ran by, <laughs> and it got called on Hendershot. And uh, it it actually took Cowboys, instead of giving them the first down, giving them a penalty of 15 yards and a first down, which then they can just literally run the clock out because um, I'm pretty sure at that point it was underneath, underneath the two-minute warning. Yeah, it was. And then um, the D- Detroit had no timeouts left, so they could have literally just ran the clock out then, and that play wouldn't have been even existent. But it got called on Dallas for a Detroit player trying to trip somebody. Um, so that set Dallas back 15 yards from the jump, and it was just all downhill from there. And then um, Lions got the ball back, marched down the field pretty good and pretty quickly. They were playing real soft coverage, and um, I don't know why you would have played that soft, but whatever. So they made they marched down the field and scored a touchdown and went forward two. And I got no problem with going for the win. That's you know that's that's aggressive state a great aggressive mindset and I like that in coaches. My Ooh. problem lies where you tried you tried to trick Dallas by sending three offensive linemen out to um, Brad Allen. Who's who's um, calling the eligible player? Um, so you try to send three linemen out to try to trick Dallas, right? Instead, you tricked Brad Allen because they've been calling number seventy as eligible all night. So three linemen are in his face, probably a lot of crowd noise, and they're not using any um, hand signals because they're trying to be discreet, which makes no sense whatsoever because. Brad Allen has to report to the defense and tell him who's eligible and who's not. Um, so that doesn't make any sense to me regardless. So in a way, to me, um, it's almost like they tried to get the referee grouping to almost borderline cheat and 
you know, not give away who they were reporting eligible and, you know, kind of got mad about it because apparently he went over all this pregame and blah, blah, blah. And, well, anyways, they call, everyone probably knows the situation. You know, they call 70 eligible. You can hear it over the PA um, on some TV um, copies. They actually reported on the PA. You can hear it. So team knows. Jared Goff said they knew. It's still through 68 the ball, who is ineligible. And um, that's completely on them, their coaching staff, and everyone. It just says as, as in the – NFL had come out and said already, Brad Allen's doing one of the biggest games this week, which is what Pittsburgh and Ravens. Yeah, is that what it is? Or Pittsburgh? No, yeah, yeah. Ravens, yeah. And his crew, his crew is doing that. His doing that, um, which is primetime game, I think. So there's no ill feeling from the NFL towards that reffing group, and outside of the tripping call, which is completely blown, I don't blame the NFL. Because they did nothing wrong, um, the, the Detroit tried to play, so tried some trickery and just didn't work, and that's just the way it is. And you know, Dallas gotten called a touchdown back earlier this season versus Philadelphia with a lineman downfield, and it took a, a washed a, a, a touchdown away because that lineman didn't check in. And you, I didn't bitch about it because you know what? It's it's much as bullshit. It's the player's responsibility. It's the coaching responsibility. They announce it over the thing. Um, everybody, the defense is aware. The offense is aware. Who's eligible? Who's not? So totally on the lines. Anything anybody says otherwise, they're just it's literally just just because it's the Cowboys. It just drives me nuts. Because what other team would you have known that has gotten this much talk about such a one penalty like have you ever like an ineligible player like you threw to your left tackle who wasn't eligible and you knew that i mean i've i can see a case for both sides like i understand what you're saying whereas uh yeah i will listen to that i was listening to the game i listened to that video you sent me on twitter where you could hear brad allen clearly say number 70 has you know is an eligible receiver So I yeah, mean, so now I, you're Jared Goff in the, in a huddle, and you hear that. So then you 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 continue the call to play and don't flip it or nothing, and you come out of it and you still throw to sixty eight. That's what tells me they tried to. In my mind, that tells me they're trying to pull a fast one. Well, they say, absolutely oh, we, no. We to- said- we told you, we told you, we told you, and like and like the ref was going to say, okay, it stands. We told the defense completely wrong, but it stands. Well, first of all, they. At the beginning, before they even got into the huddle, you could see number 68 and then number 58, Panay Sewell, their tackle, yeah. both talking to the ref. So one of those two told him that they were eligible. Um, and then you saw 70, like, I don't know if he ran over to the ref or if he ran by the ref just to try to, to trick them, uh, trick Dallas. Um, but, yeah, you could clearly hear, yeah. uh, you know, the head official, Brandon Allen, the white hat. You could clearly hear him call number 70 eligible. Um, so it should have been corrected before the play even started. Like, I don't know why Dan Campbell didn't make a fuss about it when he claimed 70 was eligible. You know, if you knew you were going to throw yeah. it to 68, I mean, that would have raised some red flags to me as well. But, you know, at the same time, like I can hear or see Detroit's side of the ball or side of the story where they're saying, yeah, 68 did go over until the 
official that he was the eligible receiver on that play. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's tough. Like you said, I'm sick of hearing about it. That's all we heard about it all week. In a week where we had, you know, two both the number one seeds lock up their spots, we had, you know, a big upset in Philly, stuff like that. But all we've been hearing about was this call yeah. in, it's in sick Dallas. Thing. It's, yeah. it's because they just want to take the win away from Dallas. Almost like, like I see people on Twitter, Cowboys fans are like, I don't even feel good about this win. You don't feel good about this win? How many times do teams in general get fucked over calls? And then to me, this wasn't even a fuckery. Like, you, I feel great about this win. We beat in a 11-win team um, regardless of the situation. That's just the way it rolls, you know? When your team loses to a penalty, people say, quit crying about it. It shouldn't have came down to that. Well, I'm going to say the same thing about this play. Shouldn't have came down. It should never even came down to it if there wasn't. If you want to talk about penalties, like I said about the tripping call, you know, it would have never came down to it. They would just write the clock out. So, and and I wish that's the way it would have went because it's literally like I couldn't even enjoy the win because it's all you hear about. Even like the game after the after show on ESPN was like the controversial call, and then all you see over Twitter is like. Roger Goodell could overturn game results. Like yeah, if that fucking happened, that would be my my last time watching an NFL game ever. I promise you. I don't know that you can overturn after the fact because there's no way. Apparently, you could. A commissioner can. I don't know. I mean, I didn't know that, but I mean, that's kind of asinine if you could, because who's to say? Like you said, Dallas has probably the best kicker in the league right now. Who's to say they wouldn't have went downfield and and kicked the field goal to win the game? You know what I mean? Like, so how can you overturn something because of that? Like, I, it just doesn't make yeah. sense to me. And, um, yeah, they, they, every year somebody says, that and they say the commissioner has the power, but I don't know. In the entire history of this league, we've never seen that happen. And I highly doubt it's going to over a blown two point conversion call. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, and how many chances did he get to go for it on the, to, to kick the extra point? Right. I mean, right. And, he went. He he he. They fucked up the the two point conversion three times. Yeah, uh, it was a pick the second time, but Micah was offsides. It was an underthrown ball, but I don't think he was making it anyways. Um, the safety was over there pretty quick. So, right, and the last the last time they went for it, it was what from their own seven yard, like the seven yard line after the penalty. It was from so seven. Mean, Mike Michael got the Micah got. Call and they're back to like the fours, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, if if I'm going for two points anywhere behind the two yard line, like if it's outside the five yard line, I'm just probably going to kick the extra point at that point. I mean, yeah, that's Dallas has a pretty, Dal- yeah, Dallas has a pretty good defense. They have a you know for the most part of this year. I mean, you, like you said, you got guys like Parsons. You got one of the best secondaries in the league, and on Dallas, like I'm kicking the extra point. I mean, I know. Um, Dan Campbell's a very aggressive head coach. I know he's was thinking win all day, so I, you know I can understand why he went for two. But I think at that point, I'm just kicking the extra point, and I'm going to play for overtime. I mean, trust your defense isn't going to allow them to get into field goal range within the last twenty some seconds of the game. Yeah, and like if they would have actually said sixty eight was eligible, then there would have been a defensive player lined up over sixty eight instead of seventy, and right. he wouldn't have been open anyway. So. It, right. it, it doesn't matter. They were they were close to they were close enough to him, and they weren't even covering him. So yeah. he wouldn't have been he would have been completely covered if um, they had a pretty pretty well locked down. Everybody was covered. Um, 
they had a, they would have had him covered if 68 was deemed eligible, but right. he wasn't, and yeah. that's why he was even remotely open. So, And I can understand the frustrations from the Detroit fans because essentially this game after, you know, Philadelphia losing I don't. I'd be made my own team. I would, yeah. It would. It was for the number two seed. So I mean, this is this yeah. is whether or not you get one home playoff game or two home playoff games. You know what I mean? So this, I can understand the frustrations on both sides. Um, but you know, like you said, there was a, a a blown tripping call, you know, earlier before this that should have never even led to the Detroit Lions getting the chance to score and and get the two point conversion anyway. So I mean, I don't know. We're seeing a lot, you know. The the whole two point conversion fiasco, you know, was you know you could make a case for it being on the refs. You can make a way case blown for out of proportion. The, yeah, but you know, there's been a lot of cases of blown calls, bad calls. You know, it's I, I honestly think this is probably one of the worst years for officiating that we've ever seen. And uh, I feel like we said every year though. I don't I don't I don't I don't think that's I, I don't, necessarily I, I, true. I just feel like we I say that every year. True. I think it is this year. I mean, I think this year. I think people yeah. have recent recent bias when it comes to refing, just because they don't they don't remember. I've um, I'm not trying to sound like that guy, but Dallas Cowboys are the most penalized team every season. Like really, that's the last like four seasons, five seasons. They've been, if not the worst, almost the worst, most penalized team. So I've seen a lot of calls, and every year I think, man, it's just the worst year. And then I just sit back and remember the stupid – like I, I remember watching Ezekiel Elliott running the ball and get called for helmet-to-helmet uh, -helmet contact. <laughs> what? Not once have I ever seen, heard, or even thought of that being called on a running back. But, yeah, he got – 10 yards for a helmet-to-helmet -helmet contact. Apparently, he put his helmet down and led into another defender. Yeah. Isn't that what running backs do every motherfucking play? Yeah. Like, like just when like, – I think that every year. It's like, oh, officiating so bad, officiating so – there's always – no. No. Yeah. It's just, I, it's just not. <laughs> I don't know. Me, pers me personally, I feel like this is the worst year I've ever seen in recent memory. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But I think I, I don't know. I've seen a lot of bad calls, a lot of blown calls this year. I mean, it's just a bad year for NFL officiating. I think personally, I don't know. That's just my opinion. It, um, which ultimately gives the ball to the other team. What do you think about yeah. that? I mean, I this I think this was probably other than maybe the 49ers Eagles and maybe even Cowboys Eagles. I think this is probably the most evenly matched game that we saw this year. Um, yeah, you know, and I was really excited for this one because it, you know it was pretty close. You know, I mean, so obviously those team, these two teams are both teams that have lost games they should have won, and you know, won big yeah. when you know we expected them not to. So I mean, I was as a football fan, you know, I don't really have a piece of the pie on either one of these teams. Obviously, I'm not that big of a Cowboys fan. I probably would rather have seen the Lions win this game. Yeah, but. Um, Jared Goff didn't play as well as I thought he did. He made a couple mistakes that he shouldn't have made. Um, and that I, I just, I trust Dallas more than I trust Detroit. Um, yeah, just because I trust Dallas's seen. offense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I, I trust Dallas's offense more than I trust Detroit's offense, and then I trust Dallas's defense more than I trust Detroit's defense. I mean, yeah, I guess like, right, yeah. like, like what I mean, both these teams have won or lost games that they should have won. Like the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals earlier on this year, and we saw Detroit lose to Green Bay. They lost to Chicago. I mean, they right. barely beat barely beat Minnesota the previous week. So I mean, but I think. This is your solid number two seed. Whoever won this game, rightfully so, should have been the number two seed because they are the second best team in the league right now. And um, I, I don't know. I think that this is good for Dallas because, as you know, as a Cowboys fan this year, they definitely need some home games to have success. So I don't think yeah. they would have fared. Oh, yeah. that it would, they wouldn't have fared well as the number five seed on the road for a lot of these games. But I think we're going to see Dallas possibly be – an NFC championship game contender this year. I agree with you a hundred percent. What did you think? But what I was originally asking is what do you think about that, that rule when that like CD fumbled in the end zone, or fumbled through the end zone and it oh, goes to the other team. What do you think about that rule? Particularly? Yeah. T- it's not a <laughs> touchback. It doesn't give them a points. No, no, no. It's a touchback. It doesn't give them a point. Yard line. No, no, no. Yeah, touchback. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Touchback. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So Phew, I was thinking safety. My God. Uh, no, no, yeah, safety. No. Uh, yeah. So I've heard. I've heard a lot about this this week. Also, this is probably one of like the after the uh, two point conversion penalty. I think this has probably been the second most talked about topic this week. Um, but I agree. I agree. If the, if the team fumbles it out of the end zone, I think it should be a touchback. Now, I've kind of wrestled back and forth with this because I don't know if they should lose possession. Maybe if they fumbled out of the end zone, maybe you move it back to the 20-yard line, but the team that fumbled it still keeps possession because I don't know if I, it should be. A, I would be cool with that. Because nobody – yeah. the other team did not did not they didn't recover. get any kind of recovery. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think maybe it should be a, still be a touchback, but the team that fumbled it keeps possession because, like you said, there's yeah. no – there's no change of possession, even if you know, even if the opposing yeah, team doesn't even touch the ball. Such a weird still, rule, man. Yeah, it is. Um, but I like the, I like the whole touchback situation, like because we see it on kickoffs, we see it on punts. Like if it goes out of the end zone, it's a touchback. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it is kind of a stupid rule. I think it's an outdated rule that should be addressed this off season. But I think I think what I said should is probably a, a rational. Yeah, no, I like that one. I feel like uh, I've seen it a bunch of times this year. I could be yeah. wrong, but I think I've seen it at least three times this year. I can't remember who, but it's usually when somebody's diving for the pylon and it just right. kind of slips out and goes past the pylon, and and that's just to me that's not. F- See, I don't even know if you should go back to the maybe like so, the five yard line. Right, if you're if you're making the rule, you're saying five yard line. I don't even know that because, like, maybe just spotted at the one yard line because it's a fumble. You know what I mean? You're just fumbling out of bounds like you would on the sideline, and you don't lose or gain anything on the sideline. So why should you? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I know. Think I think we're both in agreement that the fumbling team should keep possession, but we're just kind of little, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because there's no, po- there's no, there's no turnover. There's no, tur- there's no possession turnover. I, I don't right. understand where that came from. It just doesn't make, it doesn't, uh, 
render in my head. You know, it doesn't make any sense unless somebody else has an an idea of why they had done that. Um, There's a theory behind that or whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure when that rule came about, but as long (laughs) as I can remember, that's the way it's always been. But I mean. You said that you said they should take it at the one yard line. I say the twenty. That's meet in the middle and say about the ten yard line. They'll they'll keep it at now. Yeah. No, I would definitely agree with that. And it's just you know, and it and it's re, and you look you have a loss it down, obviously. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's or maybe it'd just be a penalty. Penalty. You get a you get a fifteen yard penalty for something in the end zone. And I mean, uh, should, you, down, should someone really be penalized maybe that, though for fumbling it? I don't know. Better than losing the ball. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah. If I if I can keep possession, I'll, I'll pretty much take anything. I guess I'll take anything over possession because I mean that fucked them out of seven points, right? Um, yeah, or at least a field goal. You know, that's that's it's just not fair. We go all the way down the field and then you make you, you fumble just like you could do any other way on the field, and it doesn't matter if anybody's even around, they get the ball. Yeah, well, kind of yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure that I agree with that that uh, that rule there, but I don't know that we'll ever see it get changed. Yeah. All right, the Browns beat the Jets 37 to 20. Joe Flacco becomes the first QB this season to throw for more than 275 yards and more than two touchdowns against this Jets defense. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because Joe Flacco is playing so good right now. I am just really high on Joe Flacco right now. And honestly, if I had an MVP vote, I might cast it for him. Stop it. I'm <laughs> casting it for Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, he's playing lights out right now. There's just like nothing, there's no flaws with this guy at this point right now. I mean, yeah, he's he's playing really, really good football, but we're not going to act like he's putting up, you know, absolutely insane numbers. He's still throwing interceptions in here and there. Um, let's see his numbers on the year. I mean, 13, how many games has he played? Five five or six, I think. So he has a lot of touchdowns. He's, he's slinging the ball a lot. Um, but he also has more than half of his touchdowns are, t- are interceptions. So 13 touchdowns, right. eight interceptions, but- and a QBR of 47. That's not very good. All right, but listen. he's a saving he- grace for this team. Yeah, he's thrown for, like I said, he's the first quarterback this year to throw for over 275 yards and over two touchdowns against this Jets defense, you know, and that's in the in the company of quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Tua Tagovailoa. Like, this Jets defense has gone up against some pretty good quarterbacks this year, and Joe Flacco's had the best performance out of any of them. All right. No, I, 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 I agree he's playing pretty well, um, but... To say MVP performance, I wouldn't go that uh, maybe, far. But he's definitely their best quarterback on their roster, yeah. and he's playing very well. He's better. He's playing much better than he has in in recent years, um, which you know probably led to why he became a backup. But I mean, he's, that's he's doing awesome. Let's say Joe Flacco takes his team to the AFC Championship game, or for God, God forbid, the Super Bowl. What do you do as the Browns front office next year? Do you bring back Deshaun Watson or do you bring back Joe Flacco? Well, if Joe Flacco wants to come back, I mean, he's 38 years old and he's been in the league since 2008. So I, mean, I think he's I, still going to want to play. Does he want to come back or he just, or, 
He might, but I think I he wants know. to come. I back. mean, it is a quarter an elder. It is an elderly quarterback friendly league now. You can't touch oh, yeah. a quarterback. <laughs> no, without getting a flag. So I don't know. I, I would definitely um, make him compete in the off season, like we have talked before. So yeah, I don't know. I'm just you and I both are not big Deshaun Watson fans. Um, I don't think he's really shown us what we need to see from a guy who's making 200 some million dollars fully guaranteed. Um, and then you got a guy like Joe Flacco who comes in here that no one was really expecting to do much. And now he's looking like he's been one of the better quarterbacks in the league for the last four or five weeks. So, I mean, and this Browns team is very good. Their defense is very, very good. They're one of the better defenses in the league right now. And, you know, Joe Flacco was playing probably some of his best football since his early days with the Baltimore Ravens. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities to say that this team could be a contender this postseason. I mean, right now as it sits, their first game of the playoffs, they would be going into Jacksonville, which they're probably going to annihilate the Jaguars. Uh, We've seen them beat them already once this year. I don't see it, you know, being that outrageous to say they go in there and blow them out again. I mean, this team is just too good right now. And I've going back and forth, I'm debating whether or not I want to put some cash on the Browns to win the Super Bowl because I, I don't know. I trust this team a lot right now. I don't know about cash, but not saying I'm gonna put a paycheck on it, but I'm saying maybe maybe twenty, fifty bucks yeah. here. I don't know about that. Maybe a dollar, dollar fifty. How interesting would a Browns-Lions Super Bowl be? It's not going to be the Lions. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to be. We just talked about it. We don't trust them. I mean, they're, they're that team that can surprise us, though. Like, they could they, – they could, <clears> I mean, they almost beat Dallas in Dallas. Who's to say that, you know, that it's a very real possibility that we're going to see that matchup again in the playoffs. You know, they could win. They only lost oh, by yeah, a point. They sure. could win it. And, you know, they go to the NFC Championship game probably against the 49ers. I mean, they're one game away from the Super Bowl. It's it's a possibility. Don't rule it out, be, Matt. It's going to be a 49ers versus Dallas in the NFC Championship. There's no other possibility. All right, so obviously the 49ers would win that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The 49ers – they, I don't. I don't really know. Other than the Baltimore Ravens, I'm not sure. I really fully trust one team right now. Because the 49ers, I mean, I don't even I trust. Don't, the, I don't even trust the Ravens. I mean, with what they did last week, and we'll. Get they only that. recent. They only recently hit their stride, but yeah, but I think they're, they're going to stick with it. I think they're going to stick with that stride, and. No, I think them resting all these players and them sitting the next two weeks out is they're going to come out looking stale. I've seen it. Yeah, I, have I, don't feeling, know. I have a feeling it's going to be playoff right, Lamar and it's not going to look too hot. Right now, I think they're the best team in the NFL right now. Right now, as it sits. Oh, right now, yeah. Yeah. What have you done for me recently? That's that team. Right. And I don't know. I mean, I guess they could. What you're saying, I understand, but I don't know. They're hot right now, and they got hot right at the right time. I mean, we're heading into the playoffs. I don't know. 
I don't I don't see them getting cold is what I'm saying. And the only other team, uh, what other team in the AFC besides maybe the Bills and the Browns are going to beat them? Jacksonville's not doing it if they even make the playoffs. The Chiefs aren't going to do it. The, Chief, the Chiefs aren't going into Baltimore and beating the Ravens right now. They look like ass. Yeah, I don't know. I think I lost everything for the Chiefs. Yeah, I know. They just don't think lost... they have the manpower to do it. No. And what – so I know we keep talking about this, but what has changed in in uh, Kansas City? Other than other than losing Juju Smith-Schuster to the Patriots, they haven't really changed all that much at receiver. Well, it's the same thing you say about the Eagles. They, they changed their coordinators, but they're still pretty much the same – they're calling the plays and everything and running the offense and everything's pretty much the same. So, all right, well, let's you know, get into sometimes that. Sometimes I guess your luck runs out. Let's get into that topic. Let's go right into that Eagles game. The Cardinals went into Philly this week. They beat the Eagles 35 to 31. I mean, I think this is an embarrassing loss for the Eagles. Um, and before I ask you the question, I want to ask you, I just want to say, I, I was talking to a buddy of mine this week who is an Eagles fan and no, it's not Raz, but I was talking to him about this Eagles game, and I almost put money on the Eagles to win this game because I thought it was going to be a lock for them because I'm just I'm thinking to myself, all, oh all, my the, God. all the implications of this game, the Eagles needed to win out in order to get the number two seed. You disgust and, me. And just as bad just as bad as this Cardinals team is because you know how we hate Kyler Murray and think he's garbage, I did not see this Cardinals team going into Philadelphia and upsetting the Eagles. But – I, I picked uh, Cardinals on my pickums. Did you really? Yeah, I, I I swear to God, I seen it coming. I just I felt like the planets were aligning, and I think Jimmy Johnson going into the Ring of Honor has lifted the curse, and they just wanted Dallas to get that two seed. <laughs> just... I mean, yeah. I I mean, after this game, I don't trust the Eagles at all whatsoever. I honestly, I think Carolina could go oh, into no. Philadelphia. Who does? Yeah, I think Carolina could go into if, Philadelphia. If, if you, if you right say now. you trust the Eagles in any way against against any team, you are literally a homer. Like if that was the Cowboys right now, I would tell you, no fucking way, in hell, do I trust my Dallas after going going into the playoffs like that? Last they lost their last four out of five. Yeah, I just you and can't you go know, into playoffs like that and expect. And honestly, I think they're going to lose against Giants this week. I, I don't think they win this. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think Giants is playing good football. Giants almost beat the Rams are, last they week. They lost. They, they missed a field goal. They missed a field goal to lose to the Rams. That would have a walk off field goal, a fifty four yard walk off field goal. That would have beat the Rams. Well, not only and that, everyone's but, saying, "Oh, you don't want to face the Rams. You don't want to face the Rams." Not only that, but how confident are you that the Cowboys beat the Commanders this week? I mean, it's a divisional game. Anything can happen, um, right. and we have bad. We have a bad storm coming up here this week, and Dallas has zero run game. So, right. hopefully, uh, oh yeah, Dalvin Cook is was released officially today, and I'm hoping they at least take a look at him and to try to get something. <laughs> Apparently, they're them and Ravens are look are gonna are gonna bring him in. Yeah, the Eagles. So are I don't know why the Ravens. The Ravens. Have, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> with Swift and all yeah. of them. For some reason, anytime it. someone gets released, the Eagles sign them. If it's a if it's a big name, they're yeah, they're big name. The Eagles them. sign them. Yeah. 
But honestly, we need to look at him because what what we were just talking about is what what kind of confidence we have in beating Washington. If it's clear skies and good weather, I have all the confidence world. If it's if it's going to be snow game, wet game, and stuff, I don't know, man. Ground and pound is not our game whatsoever. Tony Pollard's having a bad year off this injury, and we need to look at uh, I leave Dalvin. Everyone says Dalvin Cook's washed. Well. I mean, can it be worse than what we're doing with right now? I don't know that he's I mean, washed. We refused to th- so to we refused to run the the clock out, run the clock out at the end of that wash at the end of that Detroit game. Instead, they tried to bomb the ball because they didn't have any trust in our run game. That's pretty sad, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that Dalvin Cook is washed. I think he just you like we all know the offensive line situation with the Jets it's not very good they do not have a very good offensive oh, yeah, line I think they're dead last in run run blocking right yeah. and it's one of the reasons why Aaron Rodgers got injured is because he was scrambling because of the poor play by the offensive line of the Jets so I I mean I think Dalvin Cook still has some not some but he's probably got a lot of gas left in the tank and I think we just saw him being in a situation there in the Jets with that piss poor offensive line and you know he was basically playing second fiddle to Brees hall so i mean he's definitely i mean he would definitely be an addition to the cowboys i mean that would be one hell of a one-two punch especially going into the playoffs with him and tony pollard i mean i don't see why they wouldn't sign him i mean i wouldn't be reluctant to do it either he's like i said he's definitely still a good running back i mean we saw him other than the exception of this year with his time with the Jets. I mean, we saw him play very well in Minnesota, especially last year, even though he was yeah. injured at the time that he did spend there as their starting running back. He played pretty well. So, I mean, I don't see why the Cowboys hey, are uh, – 1,500 total yards and 10 total touchdowns yeah. last year with the Vikings. And so he, their run offense is not very good, and Dallas's run offense – is pretty damn. I think it's sixth right now, ranked sixth in in pass uh, in rush win rate. So he, I think he'd be a pretty good addition, like you said. And um, I think it's like I said, maybe the curse has been list, lifted, and all of a sudden Dalvin Cook just falls out of the sky for the Cowboys going into the playoffs. And you know, here we are, we're Dalvin Cook, you know, rushing for a touchdown to walk off in the Super Bowl for with a star on his helmet, you know. Who knows? But this 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 year feels odd, odd. Like things are happening already that never happened. Yeah, things are happening, especially since this Jimmy Johnson thing that's never happened. That call at the end of the Detroit game, that shit never goes our way. The Eagles game, that shit never goes our fucking way. Yeah, I think honestly, the the uh, weirdest thing about this season is the Jimmy Johnson thing going into the Ring of Honor there in Dallas. Because, yeah, uh, I never thought I would. Honestly, never people, thought I was going to see that happen. Pe- pe- people have been saying for years that's the reason Dallas won't win the Super Bowl is because there's a curse over them. And now yes, that it's, it's the literally the day it happens, the weirdest fucking controversial call that all they talk about anymore happens, and it's actually in Dallas's favor. And then Eagles go and lose to a fucking three win team. <laughs> I mean, to, to give Dallas the two seed. The only thing that would have happened weirder is 49ers losing and not clinching the fucking third, uh, number one overall seed, but leave the hope on the table. Here. But that didn't I mean, happen. I don't, I don't know I'll, if I hey, call. I'll, I'll take it. 
I don't know if I call a one point victory over the Lions at home a curse being lifted, but you know if it's going to help you sleep at night, whatever. You I mean, want if to it do. would have been a blowout, would would you would you have said it was the curse lifted? I mean, I'm not. You very... would have just said now maybe the Lions are Lions are frauds. Right? Yeah, I'm not superstitious. I am a little yeah. stitious though. So, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. It, it's uh, obviously right now. It's the uh, Cowboys' division to lose. They, you know, they got they got to do their job uh, against the Commanders this week. So, I mean, but yeah, the uh, let's go back to the Eagles here for a second, though. Um, they right. lost both of their coordinators this offseason. Shane Steichen went to the Colts. Jonathan Gannon, right. Jonathan Gannon, who is now with the Cardinals, came into Philly and beat the Eagles. So, is this a, is is this because they really haven't personnel wise? They really haven't changed anything. They've added a couple guys. So do you think their their woes, their mistakes, their downfall this year is a coaching situation? Uh, yeah, well, I think it's a lot of – well, it always starts with the coaching. Sirianni apparently has locker room issues with a lot of the players, and especially A.J. Brown. Sounds like A.J. Brown is one of the biggest locker room issues right now, and one of the reasons is because it's him and, his, him and the coach are headbutting. And, um, yeah, I just, I think it starts there. I think it starts with your quarterback. Apparently there was talk about Jalen not being the leader they want him to be and needs to be more vocal. And I don't know, it just says a lot about the team. Everything's fine and dandy when you're winning. Anybody can handle success and, you know, have fun and play and dance around and do stupid little dances in the end zone when you're having fun and winning games. But once you're on a four out of five losing streak, you know, that's when times get tough and you got to see if you, if you're a real team, if you're, you know, if you got the leadership and the, the coaching to be able to get you back on track. And, you know, that's, that's a hard thing to do. It's my, Dallas would have lost. Dallas would have lost their third game if they lost to Detroit, and we would have been able to see if they went down the hole too, like Philly. It's not hard to do once you're losing. So, right. I I personally don't like Sirianni, and I don't think he's going to be gone next year. But as of right now, unless something changes, like if they lose, especially if they lose this week and then lose the first round of the playoffs, I, I think AJ Brown will be gone. There's so many reports of AJ well, Brown being a huge locker room problem for them right now. And here's the thing too, like AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, you're gonna have to pay, pay both of them big contracts to keep them. And I don't think with what they have paying out to players right now, they're gonna be able to afford to keep both of them. And you know how much you and I dislike the Eagles. We're not fans at all. We hate them. And my one of my favorite parts about this team falling apart is their fans. Is this whole week, especially after losing to the Cardinals, you just hear they're trying to put right. someone's head on the stake. They're they're throwing this entire team under the bus. You know, they're talking shit on their oh, defense. Yeah. They're talking shit on Matt Patricia. They're talking shit on Nick Sirianni. I don't know how many Eagles fans I've heard this week talk about Nick Sirianni wanting to get or wanting him to get fired. I mean, it's just absolutely absurd how how much this fan base just falls apart after their team starts to slide a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's a lot of the fan bases. I'm sure there's people in Jaguars and Cowboys fan bases (laughs) that do it as well, but. Oh yeah. I don't don't trust my team at all. I don't know. 
<laughs> but they are one of the fan bases that boo their team instantly the time they do something oh bad. God, so yeah. it won't be long before Carson Wentz and I mean Carson Wentz, um, Jalen Hurts, and all this this team is booed off the the field if they haven't been already. So well, I'm sure they have been, but. And another thing with this Eagles team is like I feel like the window after this year, the window for success is going to close because you know you're going to have a bunch of guys that you're going to have to pay or get rid of. Um, you've paid Jalen Hurts already, and you know I know they've got that cap situation figured out where they're not going to have to use too much of the cap space with him, you know, within the next couple of years. But I mean, like I said, you're going to have to pay Devontae, you're going to have to pay AJ Brown. There's quite a few other guys that you're going to have to pay to keep on this team. I feel like if they didn't make it happen this year, it's not going to happen after this year because of the talent that they're going to lose. Yeah. No, I agree. All right. The Saints beat the Bucks 23-13 to in Tampa Bay. How much do you trust this Buccaneers team right now? I mean, they came up big with that huge victory over the Jaguars the week before this past week. But, I mean, I expected them to win this game, and then they came in and kind of just shit the bed. So do you really trust this Tampa Bay team going into the playoffs? No, I mean, they're going to be a wild card exit. They're they're, they're not a team anybody really fears. They're an 8-8 eight and eight team, and that's just what they are. They're I'm just going to make the playoffs like they did last year by default with Tom Brady. Right, I don't, and so, I don't want you know, to interrupt you here, but anybody's worried about them. Right now, they would be playing the Eagles in round one because the Eagles are the fifth seed. So is it really that far-fetched to say that the Eagles would go into Tampa Bay and possibly lose that game? I mean, Eagles could probably – the Eagles just lost to a three-win team heading into <laughs> the playoffs when you're supposed to have momentum. So, I mean, anything is possible there. Uh, this is an eight-win team. So, you know, if Tampa Bay sticks to Rashad White and pounds the ball on the ground and um, gets Edwin uh, Evans and Godwin and, you know, all these guys, all these big guys the ball, and Baker Mayfield doesn't turn the ball over, probably going to take um, Tampa on that one. But fortunately, you know, like this game, Baker Mayfield turned the ball over twice, which, you know, he actually wasn't doing. He's got a low turnover rate this season, and that's what made this team so well uh, play so well, and this is what led to their loss here. So, I mean, if he can get back to not turning the ball over, yeah, I could see him. I could see Philly going there and come, going back to Philadelphia with an L, no doubt. Um, they're just, they've just played way better football than what Philly has in the last how many weeks. But, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and I don't – I mean, I hate – I know we talk shit on the Eagles all the time because we're not a pro-Eagles podcast. But I don't know that I see any other team going into Tampa Bay and losing that game other than the Eagles right now. I mean, Green Bay is the number seven seed. If they went in there, I could see Green Bay winning that game. Um, the Rams, I could see them going into Tampa Bay and winning that game. I mean, other than the Philadelphia Eagles – like I said, I keep saying I, I don't trust the Eagles right now, and they're the only playoff NFC team right now that I can see going into Tampa Bay and losing. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like Tampa is the worst currently, right, out of the playoffs in the NFC. 
And then next, I almost would have to say Philadelphia. Like, I would rather play. Like, if I had an option, I'd say bring Tampa to me first. And if that's not an option, bring Philadelphia to me. I just. I think I would rather play Philadelphia. And then everyone else just kind of like. I don't know, because they just have that recent. Coming off that recent Super Bowl, and that, and they have experience. Yeah, but look and at what Kyler Murray is known. To, yeah, it's just that 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 can none of that matters once playoffs start, though. It's just you I know guess. How it is. everything resets. Yeah. So maybe yeah. their mentality resets, and they apparently they're sitting everybody for this. For this, Sirianni said they're probably sitting people for this game. Why? I don't know about everybody, but. Um, you could possibly win the division know. if if the Cowboys lose. Why would you sit people? Maybe that was a maybe I saw a wrong report, but like a made I mean, up if, report. If but I, I, the, if that's the case, I think Nick Sirianni needs to be fired. If you're going to sit players when you have a chance to win your division, you need to be fired. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, it's just I'm trying yeah, to find it right that's now. That's insane. Yeah, Eagles. Yeah, here it is. Eagles consider sitting key players versus Giants. Maybe they just feel like there's no way that Dallas loses, and I, I just don't think that's. I think that's a stupid mentality. I mean, it anybody can lose, is. especially to a divisional rival. Yeah. Um. I mean, especially we've seen the crazier game, things happen. It would be that right? crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. Especially uh, like yeah, like said, uh, Dallas's game, game is in Washington. Yes, yeah, like you said, we're supposed to get snow and bad weather this weekend coming up, and Dallas is not very keen in playing in that kind of situation. So, I mean, it's it's. I'm not saying that I expect the Cowboys to lose because I fully expect them to win that game, but it's a possibility that they could lose because they're a fair weather team going oh, into sure. a situation like that where they're playing in possibly snow. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I just – I can't stand Nick Sirianni. He's got, like we said, the most punchable face Maybe. in the NFL right now. And if you're going to sit players when you have a chance to win your division, it's just asinine, I think. Maybe they like – maybe they would rather play the AFC South as a five seed on the road in, in hopes that Everyone else kind of gets knocked out. The lower seeds get knocked out, and they would have home field then. Maybe that's yeah, the way they're looking but, at. Like they would have, but that's that's such a rare. You, I don't. I don't care who I'm playing. I'd rather have a home playoff game. I would too. Like if up in like I had no hope whatsoever. Dallas was making it past the divisional round until what happened uh, this weekend. I know you and I and, both. And I, just, I, I think feel like everyone, that, with, would, that would be everyone good. expected the. Uh, Eagles to win out, you know, especially playing, especially when the Cardinals came into Philly as a three-win team. Everyone expected the Eagles to win that game. I think everyone expected them to win this coming week against the Giants. They had a very easy schedule to close out their season. So I think everybody expected them to win those last three games, and then they went and shit the bed. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't, it's weird. It is very weird, but I I don't know. I'd, I, it's not too often you see a team run the table on the road to make a Super Bowl. I, I don't. It's probably happened a handful of times before, and I I couldn't tell you, but I'm sure it has. I think the Giants, oh, Giants did, twice. did it. Giants did it in oh not or oh seven. Giants did it twice. 
Yeah, so they did earlier in, 2001 too. 07, they went on the road against and the one beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And then 2011, they did it again where they went on the road and beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, but I, I like that 2011 team was, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like once you hit the playoffs, I don't know. I felt like throughout the year for 2011 Giants, they were much more predictable team than what this Eagles are. I, like, I, I don't think you would have wrote them off completely. Like, like I, this Eagles team is playing like they're a three-win team, and I don't think yeah. Giants were playing like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, they they lost the lead against the Arizona Cardinals. Like, they had yeah. a lead, and it's like, uh, there's no way Giant uh, Arizona was is going to come back. I was wrong about this. I really thought Arizona was going to win to how Eagles were winning, and then all of a sudden I look back up and I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, especially okay. that... I guess Carter Murray's coming to... Yeah, it, especially after that like 90-some yard pick six by the Eagles, I was like, this game's over. There's no way <laughs> the Cardinals are going to win this one. The Eagles are playing very good football right now, and then I, I you know, checked in with it like later <laughs> on, and I was like, okay, the Cardinals... I don't know what that was. Probably gonna, yeah, it's like, okay, the Cardinals are probably going to win this one. I don't know what the hell happened there. I don't even know what that throw was. I guess the receiver ran the wrong route, or they just ran on the right page, like or what? Yeah. But it's just completely to to that to that rookie. I was like, "What the fuck what yeah. was that?" But yeah, I don't know what happened there. But yeah, they're not that scary. Bucks not that scary. No, but neither are the Eagles. So I mean, that game's a toss up. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably have to give Bucks the edge because of them being a home field. Yeah, slight edge because of the home field advantage. Yep. You think you think Eagles fans are going to travel well this year, knowing that they're probably going to lose? No, there's there's yeah, no. I don't, I don't I don't think so either. I want to say other than myself being a Jaguars fan and you know having no little to no faith in my team whatsoever, I think the Eagles are right there with me because after what we've seen. From them, the like, last like deep down, <laughs> yeah, they lost four of their yeah. last five games. I mean, I think the Eagles, Eagles fans in general, have no confidence in their team whatsoever. Yeah, I could, I could just tell by my Facebook looking totally different than it was a month <laughs> yeah. and a half ago. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Fair weather fans. Yep. All right, so the 49ers beat the Commanders 27 to 10 and have t- locked in the NFC's number 1 seed. The road to the Super Bowl, the road to Super Bowl 58 now goes through San Francisco. How do you like their odds? I know we talked about the Cowboys and the 49ers possibly being your NFC championship matchup, but do you really see anyone beating San Francisco in the postseason? Yeah, I see a few teams. Um you know, Dallas is one of them. They have to eventually beat them sometime, right? It's just right. they don't match up well against the 49ers. But, hey, you've played them how many times now? You have to figure out something. Right. Um, uh, and then I honestly think the Rams could do it if they could get there. I just think they're a high-motion team that if their defense plays well enough, they could score enough points, wait, you know, offensive juggernaut to – do something, and then Lions. Obviously, Lions could compete against them. I, I, I don't see Lions not being in that game. I think Lions are in that game. Uh, it's, it's really hard to say. I think all three of those teams could always. Am I missing a team? I don't think so. 
Now, I mean, think of the playoff bracket there. Other than because your top four teams are going to be the 49ers, the Cowboys, Lions, and then the, the Bucks are going to be the number four seed, and then the Eagles, Rams, and I think Packers right now. So I don't see other than the you know the 49ers, the Cowboys, and the Lions. I don't see any other team in the NFC really making noise in the playoffs. Yeah, I think all those main main. I think anybody uh, those main ones can beat them, and you know, right. it's. I, I and the playoffs are just completely different beasts. So right, you know, you could say what you want. Dallas lost to them week six. You know, and Dallas ever since Dallas lost to them, they've become a totally different offense. I mean, they weren't even really passing the ball up until after after they had lost to them, and they completely changed their offense. I mean. It changes their offense and then destroyed the Rams with Cooper Cup right, right after. So I mean, Dallas would probably be my favorite to to beat the Forty ers regardless of their history. It's just history. It's a different year. Forty um, ers are probably definitely the best uh, NFC team. Obviously, they've beat probably everyone. Um, I don't know if they played Detroit actually. No, they haven't. They've definitely. They definitely beat Dallas and they beat uh, Eagles, but like I said, um, with Dallas, that was Week Six. That's centuries ago, and <laughs> I just feel like this Dallas team is a much better team than what it was. Um, I'm not, I'm not saying it would. I think it would come down to a field goal. You know, whoever wins or uh, final, you know, walk off touchdown or, you know, whatever. I, I, it definitely wouldn't be a blowout like it was then. Yeah. I mean, in the playoffs alone last year, it, it Dallas lost what nineteen to twelve. They pretty much shut yeah. down Christian McCaffrey to nothing, and um, uh, it was pretty close. Dak had a very bad game. It was, it was just unfortunate. Tony Pollard went down that game, so it was pretty much like, okay, well they have no run game, so yeah, you might as well just uh, that infamous uh, last back play everyone up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had no run game, and Zeke just was knee in, knee injured and just was slow, and he just no help whatsoever. So it was pretty much just fall into coverage and pick Dak off twice. You know, it's just it's unfortunate, but hopefully that's what they don't let, allow happen this year. Go and get Dalvin Cook. Go and get Dalvin Cook. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he does sign there. That would be interesting because, you know, and I honestly, I hope we do see a 49ers Cowboys NFC Championship game because that'll be that would be, that'll that'd be probably, cool. It'll be like the nineties, right? It'll be your best, obviously your best matchup because no other team in the NFC is probably going to be able to make any noise like the 49ers or the Cowboys. I mean, so we'll see. Um, but yeah, 49ers I think Lions are, good. I think Lions I, I, Lions aren't going to lay down. No, I don't think they'll lay down, but I don't think they'll be as good of a matchup against the 49ers as the Cowboys would be. Um, that's kind of a weird way to do things. I don't really do yeah, that. But I don't do that either. A lot of people actually do that. Well, we'll go over Super Bowl picks, but you might be surprised to who my actual Super Bowl pick is. But uh, yeah, sure, I right. would be. I, I think it's, it's Jaguars. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to make No one's laugh. picking the Jaguars. Not even... You asked Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he'd even say the Jaguars are going to make it. <laughs> All right. 
The Ravens beat the Dolphins 56 to 19. Lamar Jackson went 18 to 21 with 321 yards and five touchdowns. Were you surprised at how big this margin of victory was for this Ravens team, or do you think it was going to be closer? I don't think there's anybody that expected that. I mean, they they absolutely laid a whoop in on this fucking on this. Oh, I lost my page here on this uh, Dolphins team, fifty six to nineteen. Um, I mean, Tua threw two interceptions. He was sacked three times for sixteen. Um, they fumbled twice. I know they fumbled once. I mean, Baltimore's defense is just absolutely insane. Um, everyone wants to talk about Lamar. Lamar played good. Um, <coughs> he played a very efficient. He didn't turn the ball over. Um, I think his his touchdowns are a little padded. Um, some of them, some of them were they were wide open, ten yards. I mean, they, my grandmother could have made those those throws and then Tyler Huntley comes in and throws a touchdown as well. So, I mean, it, it, you know, Tyler Huntley made one pass for a touchdown. So, uh, right. To me, and we'll get into MVP later. It's just the defense on this team is the MVP of this team. And I just don't think there's a question about it. Um, they're like number one in so many different categories, including takeaways and, when you get the ball back as much as you do and as quick as you do when you're in Baltimore, it's easy to rack up rack up yards and points. So And the one of the most impressive things to me this whole week is they did this whole defensive performance without one of their best defensive players in safety Kyle Hamilton. I mean he Yeah he's he's been one of their shining lights this whole season and he didn't play this game because of an injury. So I mean I don't know. Like we said earlier, a little bit earlier, this Baltimore Ravens team as of right now is your best team in the NFL currently. I mean, and this, this Dolphins team is not a bad football team. They have, you know, they're pretty good on both sides of the ball. And, you know, for the Ravens to come in and do this against a pretty decent Dolphins team is just very impressive. I mean, Lamar Jackson looked, looked flawless. Um, even when Tyler Huntley came in, he was still playing against this Dolphins starting defense. So, I mean, he looked pretty good as well. But, I mean, I did not expect this game to be as wide of a margin as it was. I expected it to be like maybe a you know, a field goal, a touchdown. I, th- I expected it to be a hell of a lot closer than it actually was before this game was said and done with. Um, but I'm very impressed with this Baltimore Ravens team right now. Um you know, they've definitely got some key players on both sides of the ball. They've got a very good offense. They've got a very good defense. I mean, and it's hard to – it's it's very hard right now to say that this team is not going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl because, you know, right now the number two seed is the Dolphins, and they beat them by almost 40 points. So it, it's difficult to, to say anything bad about this Baltimore team right now. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's get into the MVP talks right now. I mean, if you if you had a vote right now for MVP, who would you be casting your vote for? And who also and also who do you think is going to be the MVP? Yeah, it's so hard to determine that. Um, 
I honestly don't have a real answer. If we're if if we're calling MVP the most valuable passer award, you know I'm gonna go with and not being biased, I'm gonna go with Dak. He's been the most consistent all year. He leads the league in touchdowns. Um, he's going to lead the league in touchdowns when the when the season's over. Right. Probably by three or four touchdowns, maybe five, depending on how he does at Washington. He's top five in every category, if 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 not even higher. Um, Lamar is nowhere near top five in any of the categories. Um, I mean, if you get into rushing stats, yeah, Lamar has the rushing stats, but to me, you know, that's you know, it's then you can then you can include Jalen Hurts in that too, and a one yard tush push isn't doing it for me on touchdowns. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not. Let's be honest. Jalen Hurts should not even be in the MVP conversation right now. He's getting votes, and I don't know how. I don't care if he's uh, getting votes or not, but he should not be in the conversation. Not at all. I agree. Um, This poorly as if they played. It's and to me at this point, it's almost like a recent bias popularity contest because, right? Yeah, Lamar is good, but take Lamar out of that offense and. We've seen it before. The team's still pretty good, um, especially with this defense. I think they're in, they'll, they'll still be a really good team. I think they still go just not as far. Obviously, a backup is a huge margin of talent. There's a huge gap between a backup and a starting quarterback. So obviously, there's going to be you know that that downfall between on any team. But what I'm saying is there won't be as big as gap as say, if you took Dak out of Dallas, because Dallas has no run game whatsoever. We've seen that all year. Um, Their defense has struggled plenty of times and has cost them the game multiple times already. They haven't, they haven't been getting turnovers. They haven't been getting sacks. They've really been struggling. So all they really got right now is, a pass rush that can get pressure to the quarterback and Dak, Dak throws the ball. That's it. That's all they've got. So for me, it's, it's a no brainer that it's, it's always a quarterback that's leading the league in stats. And it's never not really not been besides a few years of really down quarterbacks. So to me, it's Dak all the way. Um, And I think he's getting snubbed just because of a popularity contest of, two games that Lamar has played well. I mean, Lamar went two two months with six touchdowns, getting six touchdowns in two months between September and October. So, or uh, September and November. So, I I don't know. I don't know where, uh, I didn't know it was just going to be a recent thing. I, I You know, I would look at the whole body of work, not just the last three weeks, but who am I? I don't have a vote. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. MVP is going to go to the quarterback on the best team in the National Football League. So That's why I didn't bother talking about anybody else. Right. It's either going to be Lamar Jackson or Brock Purdy, if we're being honest. Um, and I think just because yeah. the Ravens beat the 49ers, I think we're going to see Lamar Jackson win it again. If I'm being honest, I think we're going to see Lamar Jackson get the MVP just because the Ravens are the best team in the NFL right now. He's the quarterback for the best team in the NFL right now. The award automatically is going to go to him. But with that being said, that's who I think is going to get it. 
If I had a vote, though, I agree. I would probably give it to Dak Prescott just because Baltimore's got a better run game than Dallas does. I mean, Tony Pollard really hasn't impressed me that much this year. He hasn't been the running back that I thought he was going to be. Um, and I've seen Dak Prescott time and time again make better decisions than Lamar. I think he's played overall this season better than Lamar. Um, and he's done it with basically one main receiver. I mean, see, other than CeeDee yeah. Lamb, we haven't seen Michael Gallup perform the way we wanted him to. We haven't seen Brandon Cooks perform the way we wanted him to. They really don't have that great of a tight end. But, I mean, we've seen Lamar Jackson. He's got the receiving core. He's got OBJ. He's got Devin DuVernay. He's got um, Zay Flowers. He's had Mark Andrews for most of the year. And now his backup tight end, Isaiah Likely, is pretty decent as well. So Lamar's got plenty of talent around him. And I'm not taking anything away from Lamar because I think he's a very good quarterback. I think he can pass the ball when he needs to. And if he needs to use his legs to get the make a play or something like that, he'll be able to do it, no problem. But I think he's definitely got more talent around him as far as his receiving core and his tight end core than Dak Prescott does. But I think overall, if we're talking about bang, you know, bang for your buck quarterback play, I think I would give the slight edge to Dak Prescott. But, you know, because they're not going to be the number one seed, because we're not going to see Dallas be the number one seed, I don't think we see Dak Prescott winning the MVP. I think, honestly, we're going to see Lamar Jackson get it again. We're going to see him win his second MVP award. Yeah, and honestly, they need to change the the name of it. Um, I don't like the title of Most Valuable Player because it's not that's not exactly what it is it's for the reasons that you said. Yeah. It should be... Quarter, it should be just to call the quarterback of the most winningest team. And that's, yeah. you know, and that's as the, you know, the most winningest team as of late. You know, that's that's the real, really the name of the award. And it's kind of annoying to even think about because I'd rather even see CMC get it or uh, even probably block Brock Pur- Purdy because I've seen him play – consistently and have the numbers way more than what Lamar has. Right. You know, if Dak's not going to get it, then give it to Purdy. Um, so I don't know. I just don't think it's deserving of Lamar. And Hey, I guess maybe I'll be the, the odd man out on that one because that's probably the way it's going to happen. And it's just going to drive me nuts. I'd rather, I'd be happier to see Purdy get it, to be honest, if Dak yeah. didn't, which I know Dak's not going to. I yeah I agree with you. I mean, I think Dak or Brock Purdy, one of those two, is probably more deserving than Lamar. But like I said, we're going to see the best, uh, the quarterback on the best team get it, which is probably going to be Lamar Jackson. All right, so let's very quickly go over the playoff picture as it sits right now. I mean, we've only got one week left in the regular season, so we're probably not going to see too much drastically it change. But um, let's start with the AFC. As of right now, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens have already locked down the number one seed. Right now, currently as it sits, the Miami Dolphins would be your number two seed. The Kansas City Chiefs would be your number three seed. The Jacksonville Jaguars would be the number four seed. Your Cleveland Browns would be the number five seed. The Buffalo Bills, number six. And then the Indianapolis Colts round things out there as the number seven seed. Now, the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts play each other this week. So as long as the Jaguars win, whoever wins the Colts-Texans game will probably be your number one seed. 
And then the Buffalo Bills have a chance to lock up the number two seed if they beat the Dolphins on Sunday night football. So, I mean, I don't really see too much drastic changes in the uh, in the AFC side of things. I mean, maybe the Buffalo Bills win and become your number two seed. But as far as everything else goes, I don't really see anything changing. All right. No, I agree. All right, and then on the NFC side of things, the uh, San Francisco 49ers have already locked up the number one seed. Dallas Cowboys are your number two seed. Detroit Lions, number three. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, number four. Philadelphia Eagles at number five. Los Angeles Rams at number six. And the Green Bay Packers at number seven. Now, I see this kind of staying the same. One through four, I see staying the same. Um, You know, number six and number seven, Los Angeles Rams and Green Bay Packers could possibly change because the Packers are playing a uh, pretty turned-around uh, Chicago Bears team coming into this week. So there might be some changes on the uh, tail end of the, the playoff picture there for the NFC. <laughs> as far as everything else, I kind of see that thing the same as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think Rams need to win for that to stay the same. And – Green Bay needs to win as well. So, like, if if Rams lose and Green Bay wins, I think they flip. So that, yeah, and we'll go we'll over uh, a final playoff standing after obviously after this week after week eighteen um, on next week's podcast. Yeah. Um, but you know, with that being said, you know we are entering the final week of the uh, NFL regular season, which is sad. I mean, we hate to see it come to an end, but playoffs are upon us so let's go over the week 18 matchups and go with our predictions now there is no thursday night game this week um but there are two saturday night, saturday games the first saturday game is going to be the pittsburgh steelers traveling to the baltimore ravens um you know like we said the baltimore ravens have already locked up that number one seed so i think we might see their starters for you know maybe a quarter maybe for even for the first half of this game but I fully expect to see backups come in at some point in this game. So just because of that, I'm going to have to say that I predict the Pittsburgh Steelers to win this one. Yeah, it's going to be the Steelers. All right. And then one of the bigger matchups of the week, which could be for a playoff spot, we see the Houston Texans traveling to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I don't know. I just trust C.J. Stroud in this, this Texans team a lot right now. I can see them definitely going into Indianapolis and winning this game and locking up a playoff spot. Yeah, I like Texans on the road for a potential playoff. Their favorite as well. All right. Cleveland Browns travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. I mean, the Cleveland Browns, uh, they don't really have – they can't move up or down if with a win or a loss here in the playoffs. Um, so I don't know that they're gonna really going to be playing too many of their starters this week. Um, I'm going to take the Bengals at home. Yeah, I think they'll probably sit starters by second half, so I'll probably take Bengals as well. All right, Minnesota Vikings travel to Detroit to take on the Lions. Uh, now, if the Reds, or I'm sorry, if the uh, Cowboys lose, I think the 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 Detroit Lions can lock up the number two seed here. So I think the Lions will start most of their players this week, and they'll probably probably play most of the game, so I'm going to take the Lions over the Vikings in this one. Yeah, I don't think Dan Campbell's going to sit anybody. He seems old school, aggressive guy, so right, will be good with the Lions. 
All right, Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Now, this is a very important game for the Jaguars. Um, as long as the Steelers lose, they will still probably lock up a number seven seed, but they must win to make the playoffs if the Steelers win. So I think, and I, I don't like taking the Jaguars because I usually jinx them, jinx them, but I think I'm going to take the Jaguars this week against the Titans. Yeah, they'll be fine against nobody uh, Titans, so I'll take the Jaguars as well. All right, New York Jets traveled to New England to take on the Patriots. This is pretty much a meaningless game. I mean, neither one of these teams is making the playoffs. Um, the only thing that's going to hurt them is maybe draft position. Um, but I see the Jets taking this one on the road. Uh, I'm going to go with the Patriots on this one. They've been playing a little bit better football lately, and Jets aren't that great. All right. Atlanta Falcons travel to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Now, either one of these teams could make the playoffs. I mean, this NFC South right now, because of these teams being so close, is kind of up in the air. So uh, playoff implications are high in this one. Now, just because the New Orleans Saints went into Tampa Bay and beat the Buccaneers last week, I think I'm going to take the Saints at home. Yep, Saints in the Dome. All right, Tampa Bay traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. I mean, there's not really much you can say about this Carolina Panthers team. They are just playing downright like garbage right now. I think I'm going to take Tampa Bay on the road. Yeah, Panthers will end up with the number one overall pick, so bucks. All right, Chicago Bears travel to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Now, this one is going to be a tricky game. The Packers must win this one to keep their number seven playoff seed alive. Um, and I think just because this one's going to be in Green Bay, I'm going to take the Packers. Yeah, Jordan Love's been playing great all, uh, lately. Um, he's really standing out, and um, he's improving each week, so I'm going to go with the Packers. All right, Denver Broncos travel to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. I mean, this one as well is not really going to determine any playoff spot. Both these teams are already eliminated. Um, just because it's in Las Vegas, I'm going to take the Raiders in this one because Russell Wilson is not starting again. Yep, Raiders at home. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles are traveling to the New York Giants. I know you and I, earlier in the podcast here, we talked about, I think you talked me into taking the Giants to win this one. Yeah, and um, like I said, Sirianni is still on the fence about sitting starters, so tells me they're not really in it to win it this game. So they're gonna they're accepting where they're at, and so I'm gonna go with Giants. All right, I think they're a better team anyway. So go with the Giants. Okay, Seattle Seahawks travel to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Now this one could be uh, a playoff spot for the Seahawks. I mean, I know the Packers are currently sitting at the number seven seed, but if they the Packers lose, Seahawks win, they do get the number seven spot. So I think just because of that, I think the Seahawks are going to play pretty hard. I'm going to take Seattle on the road. Yeah, I'll take Seattle, but I think it's going to be a close game. All right, Kansas City Chiefs travel to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. I mean, if the Jaguars win this one and Kansas City loses, I think the Kansas City Chiefs still have that number three spot. So I don't know that they're really going to be playing too hard in this one. They might actually be sitting some of their starters, but I'm still going to take Kansas City over the Chargers in this one. Yeah, and I think it's going to come down to them. Chargers not one to ruin a pick, too. So, yeah, uh, right. Just Chiefs. 
All right, Los Angeles Rams travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Now, I know the 49ers have already locked up the number one seed in this one. I know Christian McCaffrey's not playing. I don't know how many of the other starters are going to be sitting out in this one. But I think just because the Rams are going to be playing for a playoff spot, you know, playoff seeding, I think I'm going to take the Rams in this one. Yeah, and actually, Sean McVay said he might start. He's Well, Carson Wentz is already starting. And he might stay, start, uh, sit, um, Matt Cooper Cup and a few oh, other okay. people. So, yeah, yeah, Carson Wentz is, is going to be your starting quarterback for this game. All right, that's going to be interesting so, to watch too. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to actually take the 49ers on that one All because right. of that. I don't trust Carson Wentz. So, nah, you you like Sam Darnold though? I know you do. Well, I just think it's – I trust Kyle Shanahan with that team overall, no right. matter if there's starters or start, sitting or not. All right. Dallas Cowboys travel to Washington to take on the Commanders. I think, you know, just because the Cowboys need to win this one to lock up that number two seed, I think they're going to, you know, definitely going to go into Washington and win this one. Yeah. Is that, probably not going to be a cakewalk. They're starting Sam Howell. He throws right. a lot. He's got yep. – like leading the league in yards. So uh, we'll see how it goes, but barring any weather, they should win. All right. And then our last matchup of week 18 is going to be the Sunday night game between the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to go with my upset of the week here. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to win this one and lock up the number two seed in the AFC. Excuse me. I'm taking the Bills as well. I wouldn't really call it an upset, but um, it's, yeah, I think the Bills are going to walk away with it pretty well. Get to listen, like, subscribe, follow, comment. You can listen to us at Late Hit Pro Football Radio on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and we are at Late Hit PFR on Twitter slash X. Matt is at Matt PFR, and I am at T underscore Luddy. So thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to watch football this week. It is the last week of the NFL regular season for 2023. And we'll talk to you all next week on our first podcast of the 2023 playoffs. Thank you.